For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. With it being the international break, it's two up top this evening. That means leading the line from the front around the captain's armband is Carl. So, Carl, I hope all is well, mate. How have you been this past week? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Dan. I think as we were saying before we started recording, didn't we? No, no spurs. It means it's a little bit boring. But then at the same time, you don't normally find your weekend ruined and you end up Monday morning with a bad mood on and looking forward for some therapy. So we can kind of have an enjoyable pod this evening, can't we? Yeah, we'll put that down as a win for ourselves, I think. But also joining you in this top quality pairing this evening is, of course, James. James, it's a pleasure to have you on board once more. How have you been this past week? Yeah, very well, thanks, Dan. Much the same as you guys. As much as I hate them, I miss them when they're gone. Um, So, yeah, it should be an interesting one tonight, though. Plenty to talk about still. Yep, absolutely. So before we do, let's get the social media bits out of the way so we can dissect the last week. Actually, no, it's not the last week. It's the squad and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Coming You Spurs app where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COIS underscore COM. We're on all the major audio platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If we're not on one, let me know. I'll get it on there for you. And if you listen on Apple, don't forget to leave a five-star rating. Right, let's get down to business. And that business is the return of Stick or Twist. A simple concept where the three of us are going to run through the squad and dissect who goes and who stays over the course of the summer. Now, I think in previous versions we kind of went through the squads in a kind of like one-by-one format, which we'll do. But what I'm going to do is kind of batch them in terms of when they go out of contract so we can kind of group the players a bit better. And to add further context to this discussion, we're going to sort of quote the Transfer Marks website market values as an indicator. Now, these aren't kind of set in stone but it gives a little bit more of a gauge as to whether a player is worth the value he is and whether that value can be placed somewhere else, somewhere else that makes sense. Okay then, so where should we start first? In terms of players actually going out of contract this summer, there are none, but of course there are two low knees that will be expiring. So we've got a big decision on our hands between us, and that is whether, if it was up to you, those low knees stay or not. But Cole, one of those, of course, is Gareth Bale. Now, there were comments in the middle of last week which created all manner of a furore, shall we say, within the Tottenham fraternity. Those comments have been slightly more addressed in the last hour before recording, where Bale has explained himself a little bit more. Do you think the kind of firestorm has been quelled with those comments? And is he really just sort of saying what we already knew? Yeah, I think obviously this is kind of your normal sort of player makes comment and everyone suddenly goes up in arms and everyone gets a little excited when really the player has just made the obvious comments, isn't he? Which is, well, listen, you know, I'm a Real Madrid player. The the loan was only for one season. So when this ends, I'll be going back to Madrid and who knows what happens. Um so I, you, know, you sort of wonder why people get so excited by that because I don't think Gareth's going to come out and kind of throw all these cards on the table. Um, the clubs are not going to come out and throw their cards on the table. You know, Spurs are not going to come out and say, we definitely want Gareth for next season because then Madrid are in a stronger negotiating position, aren't they? So I think, you know, it, this was a storm in a teacup. Um, 
I think there's lots of things at play here, aren't they? You know, I think if you look at the season that Gareth's had and the limited game time, I'd imagine there's an element of him that sits there maybe thinking, well, you know, if Jose's still going to be around, um, do I actually want to come back here? Because am I going to get game time under this under this manager? Um and or is he gonna, you know, again next season? Will I find the same treatment coming my way where I'm, you know, in and out of the squad, hauled off after 50 minutes where the game isn't going right, and suddenly I'm the scapegoat? Also, you could sit there and say, from our point of view, given what we've seen of him and how long it's taken him to kind of, if we like, find his feet, and let's face it realistically we've only seen probably three games of the gareth bow that we think well yeah if he plays like this every week he really could add some value you got to sit there and say for the money that he's costing the club is that worth it do we look to potentially then move on after next season and say well okay it wasn't a loan that worked out the way we thought it was going to work out and maybe it's best if all parties look elsewhere next season for me right now, I, I'm kind of on the fence. If he can get that fitness back, maybe have a good summer, come back strong, then you know we'll have to wait and see what the performances are like coming to the end of the season. Um, if he looks like he's suddenly finding his feet again, you'd sit there and go, well, yeah, you know, maybe do another loan if you can for one more season. If he doesn't look like you know he's going to be hit and miss quite often, I would kind of sit there and say for the money that we're shelling out. I wouldn't be too sad if we said, well, thanks, we tried it, it didn't work, we're going to move on now, because I think we could then all sit there and say, well, we wanted him back, we got him back, it didn't work out how we wanted it to, and maybe time has passed him by, and as a club, we need to look for the future options. So, James, it's not quite stick or twist, because it's a low move, but would you be surprised if Bale is not in Tottenham Colours next season? Has he done enough for you? What's your take on all things Welsh? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I'm looking through bale tinted glasses. He's he's one of my one of my all time favourite Tottenham players, um, and so it's a little bit difficult for me to be negative about him. Um, I think Carl has absolutely hit the nail on the head in that it's it's kind of make or break time for for as you know whether that kind of spurt in form was was the one off and whether we're going to be, you know, stuck with the old the, the bail that we that we had at the at the start of his loan. Um, if he can, if he can continue that form that that he showed, you know, I don't know how many goals he scored. I think about ten goals he scored now. If he can continue that, then I think it, there's no reason why we shouldn't go ahead for the for the for the second year of the loan. Obviously, you know, he's got got the European Championships in the middle. Um, you know, that that could be a massive confidence booster for him, and he he could be looking at coming back to Tottenham and, and kicking on from there. Um, I think his. I don't want to look too much into his comments the other day. I think he was just simply saying what he had to say. Um, he, he couldn't exactly come out and say, "Look, if, if you know, I'm, I don't want to go back to Real Madrid because at the end of the day, there is the the club that owns him." So um, it's it's a bit of a difficult one. If if it was me personally, I'd love to to see Gareth stay for another season just so that we could get back into the ground uh, and and sing his name again. I think he, you know, it'd be it'd be great for everyone. Um, you know, we've we've had we've all had a bit of a rough year, you know, uh, and it'd be a massive, massive boost for for a lot of people, including myself, to get back into the ground and see Bale playing in Tottenham Collars and, and sing his name again. Um, but I, I guess the ultimate decision is going to be down to down to the coach 
uh, and down to Daniel Levy as to whether we, we want to continue paying that money for someone who maybe isn't the, 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 the best best option in, in that position. Um, but also, I think there's there's no reason why he can't kick on for the rest of the season, uh, make himself one of the first names on the team sheet. Uh, and, you know, we've already seen glimpses of that. We just want to con- see him continue that and, and do it on a cons- consistent basis. Uh, and then it will be an absolute no-brainer to keep him at Tottenham if he, if he can do that. OK, then next up, let's go to the other loanee. That's Carlos Vinicius. So, James, if you're in charge of the budgets... Are you looking to make such a loan move permanent in the summer? If we take his transfer mark value, it's eighteen million. Do you think that's a price we should pay? Is that the value, or could you see it being more? I think you, it's, it's probably um, a figure that you, you kind of you put out there first and see how Benfica react to it. Um, obviously, we know he's got that, that massive release clause, and I think it's a it's a fairly fairly a given that, that we're not going to be activating that release clause. Um, he hasn't shown that much. Um, but for me, I think he'd probably be worth the, the gamble at 18 million, um, unless there's, there's someone else who, who comes up. You know, whether maybe you could waft that that 18 million pounds at, at Southampton with Danny Ings going into the last last year of his contract. But then you're talking probably bigger wages as well. Um, for me, if if that's the option and it is 18 million, I think it's it's probably a risk that's worth taking. You know, I wasn't that sold on Vinicius. I didn't think his hold hold at play was good enough. Uh, I think for 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 a big bloke, we you know we'd want someone who was a little bit better at holding the ball up, a little bit better in the air, maybe. Um, but that game against Aston Villa really really changed my opinion. I think he he he's probably not the target man um, that a lot of us thought he was when when he came to Spurs. But the the way he puts himself about, I've I'm, I've been really impressed with. You know, I think what especially in this what has been a, a bit of a difficult time for the club. I think we need more players like him who are, are really willing to put, put their heart on their sleeve and, and, and play to, to the very last man. You know, he, he, he put himself absolutely all over the pitch against Villa and, and it was something that, that really went down well with me. Um, but again, you've, you've got to make the decision whether, you know, whether just having someone who tries hard is, is good enough in a, for a club that are in a position like we are. Um, but for me, £18 million, pound, I don't think we, you know, unless we can, for me, yeah, it'd only be if, if Southampton accepted something along those lines for, for, for Danny Ings, but it, I'm not sure whether, whether that's going to happen. Um, but for me, that'd be a, worth, a risk that's worth taking. Uh, I'm not sure whether Carl will agree on that. Well, I'll just chip in first. I think with Vinicius, it's that chicken and egg argument that we have of all our backup strikers, for use of a better term. In the scale of Soldado and Janssen, I think he's better. So I think, personally, as you say, James, that £18 million is probably the price that is putting out the feelers. Like, you start with that one, but really, you might have to go a little bit higher. So let's say, Cole, if that maximum ceiling is £25 million, is that still a fair price to get him in on a permanent deal in the summer? Obviously, I, I guess the price, if you like, you'd sit there and say for strikers would be fair. For, for me, though, I, I wouldn't touch him. No? No. Um, I've seen enough of him already for me where I think we'd need to look for someone better. And this is really harsh because I know if you looked at his contribution since coming and his goals he's scored, people would go, well, that's madness. You know, the guy's record is is really decent. Um, 
But I'm looking at the calibre of opposition yeah. he's scored against, the goals he's kind of scored. And, you know, we laugh because when people used to say Kane was a tapping merchant, we literally had found a tapping merchant <laughs> right now. You know, most of his goals have been one yard, you know, and, that, and that's unfair because they're not all one yarders. But a lot of them have been tappings that you'd sit there and go, well, I would expect, you know, most reasonable footballers to be able to score those goals. Um I think his hold-up play is atrocious for his size. I think in the game against Villa, for me, kind of showed that again. You know, I don't think he often managed to keep hold of the ball when he seemed to win it. And we're talking about, you know, when he makes a first touch to control it, but then the defender still manages to nick it off him. And you're thinking you should not have been losing that ball at that point because you were the player in control of the situation. I don't think his passing's good enough. And like I say, if he was a real target man, like an Andy Carroll type target man, I'd be sitting there saying, well, I can see the benefit. You know, Peter Crouch, someone that in the air you can see causes chaos whenever he's around. But I don't see that. You know, I don't see the guy having enough attributes to make me think, can he help take us to a next level? We know it's obviously hard with Kane there. You're not going to go and get someone like Haaland coming. Um, But... I think what James has said is hit the nail on the head. If I had to invest 18 to 20 million, I'm putting that money towards Danny Ings and saying, listen, this is a real guy that's proven at this level, proven in this league. And I think given the matchup there you could have with Kane and Ings playing together, I would rather take the risk of putting that 20 million, even if I had to add a little bit more in wages and transfer fee, in that bucket because I think the games and the ultimate end game from that is a better player who will contribute more and, you know, help take the club forward. Um, But like I say, that's a real harsh one because his numbers stack up and people will go, well, he's done his job. He meant to come in, play against the lower, the the worst sides, if you like, so he can give Kane a rest. Uh, And he's done his job. For me, though, I just, when we play the better opposition, I just see that there's a player that's really struggling. And if Harry has a long-term injury, there's no way you'd feel confident about Vinicius being able to lead that line against the likes of City, Liverpools, uh, and and do what he needed to to help you win those games. So, So for me, he's definitely one that I'd be looking to move on at the end of this season. Yeah, I guess when it comes to stick or twist, there's always that kind of extra element that if you are twisting, who else could you get and I guess if you had Danny Ings instead that would actually be better in a sense wouldn't it so it's all about moving the deck chairs and which way you can also fill up your squads going forward now if it was Ings I don't think there would be too many complaints but you never know if we're going to get that deal over the line so there's always that danger and then do you think actually if we can't get Ings do we just fall back on Vinicius there's so many different permutations we could be here all night but let's focus on some players that go out of contract next season and one of those is Hugo Lloris. Now Cole, I think this episode of Stick or Twist might have to be a bit more ruthless than we've had had in previous editions. Now does that ruthlessness extend to the French goalkeeper? Yeah, when when we said we was doing this episode, Dan, I was worried how much of a squad we'd have at the end of it, to be honest, because I thought we could only have about nine players to start the next season if we were in charge. Um, again, no, I think, yeah, as you say, When you're looking at this in the grand scheme of things, I think you have to take everything into account, don't you? You know, climate, the world we're in right now. 
And when you look at the squad and changes that probably need to be made, I'm now sitting there thinking, do we really need to be wasting what could be limited funds on a goalkeeper? When I think in Hugo, we've probably got a goalkeeper that if we could, you could probably see he's got a couple more seasons in him um, and you're kind of saving yourself maybe, you know, 20-something million, 25 million to, or, and even more to bring in a, an ultimate long-term replacement who's going to be first choice. So for me on this one, I'd stick right now with Hugo for a couple more seasons. We have got to start looking at the long-term replacement. A hundred percent, because I do think Hugo's probably only got a couple more seasons in him at the top level. Um, but right now, weighing it all up, I don't think the goalkeeper position is one that I'd potentially want to waste what could be valuable funds on. OK, then, James, I know you're a huge fan of Hugo Lloris, so this might be a bit of an obvious answer. When you consider his current market value is eight million is that really enough of a fee to get in to lose a player of such a calibre? No, I think it, it, I completely agree with Carl. I think um, there's other parts of the squad that, that need addressing um, a lot quicker than, than the goalkeeper. Um, I think we've got a great goalkeeper in Hugo Lloris, as you say, I'm a massive fan. Um, and also the, the amount of money that, that we, you're going to get in for him, I don't, I don't think he'll be massive anyway. As opposed to signing a goalkeeper right now, which I think... To surprise another team's starting goalkeeper off them is going to cost us quite a lot of money anyway. Um, however, I mean, the, 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 absolutely, you're absolutely right again in, in saying that we do need to be looking at our who who is going to be the next next person to take this shirt because you know have we we obviously haven't seen enough out of Alfie Whiteman to, to think is he you know enough of an up and coming youngster to to take that jersey on. Um, you know, I've, I can't say I've seen him play more than a couple of minutes. So, and, and, and also, you know, these rumours always come out because Hugo Lloris, the French connection, going back to PSG, you know, that's a transfer that makes absolute sense. The, the captain of, of the national team going back to, to, to a team that, that is going to walk the league. Pochettino's there. Uh, those links are always going to be there. But that, that's my point, is is that those links are always going to be there. It's not going to be this summer that that this needs to happen because, you know, PSG will will sign Hugo if he's 40. I'm convinced of it. You know, they, they, they took Buffon on when, you know, when he, he was could be considered over the hill. Um they they will sign Hugo Lloris when he's in the in the twilight of his career. I'm I'm certain of it because, you know, it's it's not a priority position for them either. It's just a transfer that makes sense, but um, I don't think it's going to happen until until Hugo is completely done in, in the Premier League and and done at the highest level. Um, so yeah, it, that that that's going to be a, a stick for me as well. Okay, then there's two more goalkeepers. I'll do the notes on this one. You mentioned Alfie Whiteman, James. At 22, you think to yourself. Obviously, there's time for a future at the club, but you also worry will other goalkeepers and new additions always go above him in the queue. It's hard to say at the moment. Maybe a few loan moves, get that kind of experience under your belt, so on and so forth. But at 22, a goalkeeper has got a huge career ahead of him. As you say, Lloris could go on to 40, so I wouldn't worry about him just yet. Joe Hart, on the other hand, much more senior. Would he get a new contract after next summer? Perhaps, if only, he might become that kind of Rob Green, Scott Carson, handy third-choice 
homegrown goalkeeper which never gets any minutes and just is there because he needs to be. Who knows? But you'd like to think that Joe Hart will be at least there next season. I don't think he'll be sold, but whether he's there long-term, like I say, in that role, yes. But if he's going to be number two, no. Right, let's move on to two more players that are going to be out of contract next summer. One of those is Eric Lamella. Now, Cole, on with the information of his contract expiry date. Do you think this is the last deal we'll see for the Argentine? And if so, would you cash in this summer? Yes. Uh, for me, so for me, ultimately, I, I think you're going to cash in now. Um, you know, and, and this is quite a funny thing to be saying, because if you like, I think this season, I think we've probably actually seen the best of Eric Lamella yeah. in a Spurs shirt. Um, so it, it's quite funny that, you know, he's probably had his best spell with us. Um but ultimately, I think, as you say, Dan, when you're looking at his age and everything like that involved, and again, you're still looking at a player who, although he's had a better season, is still hasn't fulfilled the sort of remit or potential that we was ever hoping for. And there are still question marks around whether he can actually do that on a permanent basis. So I think this is one that you'd have to sit there and say, listen, you know, you've had eight seasons and unfortunately you've never delivered. So now is the right time to sit there and say, well, OK, listen, maybe now is the right time for us to kind of make the most of you. You know, as you say, Dan, if we're looking, I think the market value there is about 14 million, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and if you offered me the chance to get 14 million for Lamella right, right now, I'd probably say, yeah, I think that would be a valuable bit of business that adds those, you know, valuable transfer funds into the kitty. And ultimately, you will have to replace a player, but you'll ultimately replace one that's been very inconsistent, could still have his injury issues and miss large chunks of the season. So, yeah, for me, it's a thanks, Eric, but uh, time is up. OK, then, James, on the flip side, we're not going to get anywhere near that £30 million that we paid for him. Can you see any return on investment or does he walk away on a free next summer? Yeah, I think I think it'll be a free next summer. I think there's yeah. there's there's no I can't see any clubs, even the clubs in Italy who who, who would obviously be his, his probably preferred destination. I, I can't see any club really spending the money on Eric Lamella. You know, he's he's kind of a a luxury player. I know it sounds hilarious in that he, you know, his his goal return isn't great, but He's he's not uh, you know he's not never going to make up the spine of a team. So if you're a club you know out, out there right now and you're you're in a little bit of financial difficulty because of the pandemic, uh, you're maybe looking to make the the bare minimum transfer moves. Um, I can't see Eric Lamella being top of anybody's shopping list just because you know that he's he's quite injury prone. Uh, when he's when he's not injured, his output is going to be questionable. Um, and and to me, I think he's still got a role to play at Tottenham. Uh, I think it, it shouldn't be in the starting eleven, no. But I think he he's he's definitely someone that we could, you know, we can benefit from in and around the squad. Um, we've seen the impact that he can have in a game if he's playing in the right system, if he's playing with the right mindset. He can he can take the, a game by by the, the scruff of the neck. And and again, you know, like I said about Vinicius, we need players like that when we're when we're digging deep and when we're not playing so well. If, if you take someone like Lamella out, out, the, out of the squad, then how many players have we got who really do want to beat players when they get the ball? Um, and and the question, you know, the answer to that is is not not as many as we should have. So you know, it's it will it will be his last year at the club. I'm I'm almost certain of it. 
Um, but that doesn't mean that he, he doesn't have a role to play. And, and I think he, he's going to be quite an important player, especially with, with so, you know, when we've got a lot of, a lot of fixtures to play. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a cult hero and I'll be sorry to see him go because he's given us some great memories. He's also frustrated everyone uh, throughout his, his time at the club as well. Um, but I, I can't see him moving on for a fee this summer just because, you know, there's there's no destinations where you think it would make sense for him. Uh, but someone will take take that, that punt on him in a, in a year's time when his contract is up. OK, the next player, I just want a simple one-word answer, stick or twist. James, Serge Aurier, stick or twist? Stick. OK, Carl, same question? Oh, twist. Oh, split down the middle. OK, we haven't really got time to discuss that one because there's some more interesting topics on the horizon. So let's move on to 2023. And although that seems a long way away, that time will go rather quickly. So let's look to that year and what will be a pivotal year for Hyun Min Song. Now, obviously, it's ludicrous to play stick or twist with that player. But Cole, do you think he'll get the mega contract he deserves? I think he will, yes, because I think, I guess, dependent on what happens in the next year, as I say, when you give the fact of the, the current state of the world and, and what clubs can probably go out and do, I can't see the club bringing in players where they can then afford to go and lose someone like him. I'm sure, you know... I, I don't know. We might not come. We might come onto it. We might not. You've obviously got the talk around Harry Kane. Now, could you imagine if Harry Kane went and Human Son followed him? I think the club, you know, the fans would go into meltdown, wouldn't they? So I think if you're Daniel Levy, I think right now you're sitting there saying that is one player I cannot afford to lose when the time comes. We need to keep him. And yes given his rise, it's going to have to take a lucrative contract to keep him on board. But I think you can't afford to not give him that because the fallout could be huge. So yet for me, when that contract comes around and that deal is done, I think it will be lucrative and Son will be a very happy man. I wouldn't mind being a pound behind him, let's face that. <laughs> so James, let's play devil's advocate here. Let's assume the contract talks drag on more than they need to and it all starts getting a bit jittery. Now, according to Transfer Marked, he's worth 76.5 million at the moment. At what point in time would Tottenham have to entertain serious bids because Penn has not been put to paper? Well, it's not really a situation that we want to think about. Obviously, he's a player that we want to keep. And, you know, even if it, even if it was that 76 million pound that you mentioned there, I, I don't think uh, we should be entertaining bids of, of that calibre. I think, we, you know, you've got to be looking at closer to 100 million. For for the player that he is, yes, he he can has got the ability to go missing in games, but he's also got the ability to to absolutely turn games on his head. And if we were looking to replace Son right now with it with a player uh, maybe not as good as him, but but near on, then it's going to cost us probably around that seventy million pound mark. I mean, if you look at say what what Villa would uh, would ask for Jack Grealish if we were going to play Grealish on the left. Um, then they'd they'd be asking you know similar similar money to to what we'd be asking to to Son's value sorry, so it's it's obviously something that if it really does go down to the wire and and we're at risk of losing him on a free, now that's something that that we could obviously never let happen, um, but for me you know we need to do everything in our power to to not allow that to happen, and it. It's one of the, the, you know, the rare things that I do have faith in, in Daniel Levy in, in, in that he will get this one over the line because 
he surely he realizes what an asset Son is is to the club, not just as a as a footballer, but also as a marketing tool. You know, think of the money that that is is being drawn in to the club from uh, from from South Korea. You know, that's that is something that the Levy would would not let go very lightly and if it means that that son gets a, a bumper new contract and he's one of the highest paid players at the club then he probably justifies that with the money that he makes for the club uh, and also his on-field performances as well so it's it's not just that he's he's one big advert in in south korea for us he's also a, a great player to have at the club so um for me that contract has got to be signed as soon as possible um and we don't want to be entertaining any bits I think his transfer value at the moment is probably on the right side of correct because that deal is edging towards expiration. Obviously, we all hope that pen to paper is put. If that was the case, then obviously I think he then becomes over 100 million overnight. But at the moment, there's that little bit of jeopardy. But as you say, James, that has got to be arguably the most pertinent bit of business, even more important than, say, Harry Kane, because you know three years left on his deal... It's not as pressing, regardless of all the transfer noise which is happening in the last couple of days. But let's focus on two more players that are out of contract in the same year as Son. And that's, first up, Carl, Toby Alderweireld. He's been a great servant, there's no doubt about that. But if you're looking at him, his age, his value, could he be sold to regenerate transfer funds elsewhere? Yeah, really interesting one, this, isn't it, Dan? Because you kind of sit there and think, is this along like the Vertonghen lines where you go, well, could he be useful just in and around the squad, even when he's not playing as much, just his presence? But then you kind of do sit there and go, well, as we've seen this season, you know, those centre-halves have been a real problem area for us and you are going to look to need to you know start suddenly thinking about your future pairing um and toby obviously unfortunately for him is starting to get on the wrong side of age the pace is going as a center half as well that really costs you um if we looked at that value at the moment of say 13 and a half million again if i'm looking you know if i'm looking with my sensible hat on i'd probably be sitting there thinking Again, useful amount of transfer funds if you could get that money for him. You know, you're not now suddenly getting rid of a player in his prime where you think you've still got a couple of good years in him. I'd be tempted to twist on that one and again, look to using those funds to really kind of regenerate that that position and start bringing in the future centre-halves and the commanding centre-halves that you then go and get an extra six or seven season out seasons out of and again you're looking at the younger models that then have maybe got that bit more pace about them and have got some longevity because as much as we love toby and he's been a great servant and he is a great player it all comes to an end and you have to move on at some point and sometimes you've got to be sensible and say while that value's there that's get what we can and reinvest that. So yes, when that con, you know, if I could get rid of him before then for that money, I'd take the money. Okay, then James. By the same token, what would you do with Musa Sissoko? Rated at eleven point seven million, arguably a decent combination of market value in that bracket of well, if you were to sell him, that would put money in the pot. Would you do so this summer? If if we could get. A, a decent fee for him. I think he's got to be out the door. Um, I, I I think he, if we did get offered £11 million, I don't think um, it's something that Levy would take. But 
he's also ex, you know he's, he's great in those positions of, of being able to to squeeze every every penny out of a club. So I'd be confident that that Levy would probably be able to get fifteen between fifteen and twenty million for for Sissoko. Uh, and I think if if that does happen, then he's he's got to be gone. Um, you know he. Obviously, he came in for for a relatively big transfer fee. Um, if we can sell him on for you know fifty percent of that, I think we've we've done very well because um, you know he, he's he's really shown his true colours uh, of what a, a kind of limited footballer he is. I think when he when he first came to Spurs, I don't think you know everyone knew just how limited he was. Um, but then he, you know, he quickly showed that that he wasn't he wasn't going to, you know, be be a, a special player for us. But then he he kind of worked worked himself into this utility player that that found a role and uh, and and you know he he did play a really really important role and and that's why you know it, it's it's difficult. But these are the kind of changes that need to be made. I saw a comment on on Twitter the other day that was that really struck home with me. I, I'm not sure who it was, but it said. Uh, imagine playing with him. Imagine sharing the pitch with him. It, it, it's a you're playing with with you know not ten outfield players, and one of them you don't necessarily want to pass the ball to because you you can't trust him on the ball. So you know, imagine being being a footballer and and someone you know you've you've worked as look at Ndombele. You've worked as hard as, as you possibly can to get to the highest level of, of football. You've commanded a, a massive transfer fee, and you've come to a big club like Tottenham. And then your your midfield partner is someone that you you know you can't pass the ball to because he, he might not trap it prob- properly, and, and it will put us in in danger. It makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. So, you know, I think in the years that he was he was doing a job for us, you know, he, he was he was injecting that pace, that power into into midfield. Um, you know, we were kind of it was papering over the cracks, and we were kind of accepting of of who he was as a player. But you know, now you have to just take a step back and think: look, why why are we standing for this? Why why are we why have we lowered our standards um, to to this? Because surely we can go out there and find someone who's you know, just as quick, maybe not as strong, but they can trap a ball and they can pick a pass. Uh, and it doesn't mean that, that our midfielders and our defenders have to have to work around him and, and, and try and find a different pass because we can't trust him on the ball. Um, so, you know, that for that reason, um, you know, if we can if we can get anywhere near a decent transfer fee for him, he, he has to be out the door. Um, but I, I, you know, Levy again. I don't think he'll he'll let him go for for that eleven million pound that you that you just mentioned. Yeah, I think it all hinges on the fee. But what you've said, James, I completely agree. I think he needs to be shipped on. You know, great utility, but we need to get past that if we are going to regenerate this squad. Right. In terms of stick or twist, the real sweet spot is the summer of twenty twenty four because although players will have three years left of their contract, they'll be backed up by a decent amount of value in terms of transfers. So with that increased value, that can be sold to really create a war chest for the summer. So if we're looking along those lines, James, and Matt Doherty, would you stick or twist as early as this summer? I I've, I think I've seen enough. Uh, I know that, you know, we, we're people who have put up with the Sissokos and the, and the Lamellas for, for long enough. Um, you know, we, I, we don't have the time to, to put into players like that anymore. So uh, for me, if he's not good enough, he needs to be out the door. Um, I, I I have seen enough to, to decide that 
he's not good enough. He he hasn't shown anything near the the attacking uh, promise that he showed at Wolves. Um, obviously, he benefited from their system. Um, we're not playing that system. So you know, if he's a player who again, it's similar to Sissoko in that why why should we play around these people? Why should we play around these players rather than just getting them out of the door and getting people who are a better fit? In that we've got a, a, a player in, in Doherty that, that requires us to to change our system to to, to you know to sort to, to help him out. You know that uh, the the I think it was the Arsenal game, wasn't it? The the, the bail came off. Yeah. So that Sissoko could come on and and help cover the, the, our right back. You know that that makes no sense. You, you know. Why? I mean, he clearly can't play as a right back. He clearly is a right wing back in a side that isn't playing wing backs and doesn't have any future plans to play wing backs. So, and even when he does play wing back on the on the, the rare occasion that we do it, he he doesn't show anything in the final third. He hasn't got a good cross. Uh, he hasn't. He doesn't seem to have an eye for goal. So I, I I can't see any any point in us you know out of the goodness of our hearts nurturing uh, Ducky anymore. I, I I can't see any point. So to me, as as soon as possible, uh, we should we should be getting rid. But who's who would be looking at him right now? Who, who's who will have watched his performances and thought, yeah, do you know what? That's a player that we want in our squad. I don't think anyone will. Well, this is the problem because it's all very well Carl saying stick, twist, what have you, these players still have to be appealing to somebody. And right now, he's kind of like played himself out of favour with anyone, really. Yeah, also, you say, given his age as well, you know, if he was a if he was a 21, 22-year-old player, you'd be sitting there thinking, and clubs will always be prepared to think, we might be the club that can suddenly get the best out of this guy. But when you're then suddenly now turning 30 and teams are thinking, oh, you could be on a decline. And as you say, you haven't sold yourself where you've just been. Um, you kind of do limit your numbers. Um, but I think, as James said, you know, I, f- I fully agree. We've been a club that have kind of sat on these players for a long enough period when it's been clear they haven't been working and are probably not going to add to you pushing the club forward. Um, and we should just be, you know, a bit more ruthless to say, nope, sorry, it hasn't worked out. You got to go. But it is hard to get them out the door, and especially when you've got a chairman who is going to sit there and say, listen, if I've paid close to thirty mil to this guy, not that we have for Doherty, but just as an example then I want to get as close to that back before I'm prepared to let that player go. Um, and that makes it difficult because clubs then don't want to do business with you. You know, how much do you want for this guy? 25 million. Like, what? He, you know, he's, he's, the wrong, he's the wrong side of his age now. He hasn't been great for you. He's limited. And you want you, only, you paid about five mil more than that three or four years ago. You still want most of that recuperated. It doesn't work. Um, but Doherty is one where I'd sit there and go, as we say, he hasn't shone at all. And right now, if in the summer someone offered me 13, 14 million for him, I think I'd have to say, yet again, that's valuable funds that can be added. Get rid of him, hasn't worked. But it's not as easy to do that, is there? Because if you haven't got the players lined up to come in, and in that right-back position is a real problem area, isn't it? We need to solve that next season. But you can't risk getting rid of both players when you might only be able to bring one player in who plays there um, because you always want a backup. Well, exactly, Cole. By your theory, you've already twisted on Aurier. You're selling 
Doherty, and now you're sort of thinking, I'm Tanganga, who's not really a right-back, although he can play there quite well. That's very light, so you're then sort of thinking, who can we get? It's not ever that easy. We, we know that as a club and as fans. It's bloody difficult trying to get players in. It's all very well trying to make shopping lists, but that's the easy bit, isn't it? You know, It's all about identifying players, getting players out the door. Do you become proactive in the market, or are you a reactive club? There's so many consternations that can be... You know, played out over the course of a, a summer, it's mind blowing at times. So it's not as easy as sort of saying, okay, well, we'll we'll sell the Irish international because then people do actually need to want him. And you're sort of looking down the list and thinking, well, he's not a big six player. He's gone from Wolves. Will he go back to them? Maybe. It's not the most outrageous thing, but that kind of level of club, I don't know, Crystal Palace, Leeds. I don't know. I'm just spouting out names. But where would he go? Would a promoted club touch him? After the season he's had, you're sort of thinking, actually, he's not that a steady hand. So I wouldn't be too surprised if, begrudgingly, he's still in the squad come the summer. But here's another man, Cole. Harry Winks. Now, he's probably an obvious target for stick or twist. But when it comes to Winksy, what are you doing? Again, this is a real tough one, isn't it? Um, I'd have to say, that let's have a look. What are we talking, uh, you know, just basically under 25, 20 million for, for, for Winks, you'd sit there and say it on, on what we're looking at here for the, you know, the transfer market value. I have, you know, I would sit there and say, and, it, and I, it's with regret that I say, it, you know, sounds a bit like The Apprentice here now, doesn't it? It's with regret, but, you know, the finger's going out. Um, yes, again, I, I would look to be potentially moving that player on and looking at my options of what I could bring in. I think the one thing that's kind of obviously, you know, Winks hasn't progressed as a player as we were hoping from what we first saw burst onto the scene. He's he's had it harder as well this season because the supposedly understudy has gone away, gone down to the championship and getting rave reviews every week and man of the match performances. So now there's a clamour for people saying, well, listen, Skip's the guy that we can bring back next season and he takes that position and he looks like he's possibly got a brighter future ahead of him than Winks. Um, and, and, and I'd say his performances this year haven't helped him because, you know, if he'd come in and been doing... A, I think he had one game in the Europa League where I think you kind of said, he looked brilliant. It, every pass was forward. He was looking dynamic. And you thought, yes, if you can play like that every week, then I'd love to have you in the squad. But it was one game. And then, as I say... I, he has had, I still say this now, and I think someone will struggle to beat this, the worst substitute performance yeah. I've ever seen a Spurs player have this year. Absolutely, And yeah. potentially costing us that place in the FA Cup, giving the ball away the way he did. I just think maybe the time has come where, again, you've got to be ruthless and say, is this player going to develop the way we need him to? Is he going to be someone that takes us to another level? No? Right, that's cashing while we can get some money. We have got a player there coming through. Um, if, we, if he comes through and, and looks good, great. But we might be able to invest and bring someone better in. But like I say, that is with regret because when he first came onto the scene, I thought we had a really special player on our hands. Just hasn't materialised, unfortunately. Well, I think I think people probably need to need to relax on the old Ollie Skip train as well, though. Yeah. I think you yeah, know exactly. he he has he's been playing in the championship for one. You know, yeah. Harry, Harry Winks is a player who who's who has performed in the Champions League for us. So. You know, I think it, it, that that train probably needs to slow down a little bit. 
Um, you mentioned the man of the match awards there, Carl. I think isn't the Norwich man of the match? Um, isn't it a Twitter poll? Yeah, his Spurs so, fans are voting yeah, yeah, the match so every week. Absolutely <laughs> hijacked by by Tottenham Twitter fans, which is which is brilliant for one. But you know, it means that you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt. I think yeah. the the ideal scenario is that the two cross over for a season, isn't it? And you you have the two kind of battling against each other for that for that role, and then whoever comes out on top of that is is going to be uh, is is going to be the one who, who continues in in a Spurs shirt. But I think the two of them. I've I've have really got to show more going forward because um because Hoyberg has, has has shown that he's you know he's going to be our defensive midfielder um and then there's you know there's probably another center midfield spot next to him but that needs to be someone who's going to be more progressive on the ball um unless of course you're thinking that maybe you know Skip might be Hoyberg's understudy but then you know are you thinking well is, is he is he as good defensively because uh, I know a lot of the highlights that I've been seeing have skipped down at Norwich he's been he's been moving the ball forward um, so I mean Dan you're the tactics man I guess what what, what are you thinking for, for me though Dan, and I don't know if you guys are the same but I want to see Skip stay at Norwich next season and yeah. have a season in the Premier League with yeah. them where you can say right there's regular game minutes there and we can actually really see how far you've come because as you say the championship's one thing you know we brought Bobby Zamora off the back of scoring goals left right and centre in the championship and as you see that step up's a completely different ball game so I think we need to take advantage don't we give Skip a season in the cha- in the Premier League with Norwich no pressure um, you know, he can shine and let's face it, if he's as good as we're thinking and we're hoping, he will shine for Norwich during that season and then you can know, right, we've definitely got a player on our hands, time to bring him back and hopefully kicks on from there. Yeah, I agree 100% with that because I don't think he slots right into the Tottenham squad from the first day of next season. I think, no. like you say, the perfect proving ground would be Norwich in the Premier League and as you say, there's no pressure. Go and play your football. If you don't quite hit the grade there, then we kind of know that he's a great championship player, but not quite good enough for the Premier League and by extension us. If he is something special at Norwich, you think, right, OK, we have got talent. That's the last we'll see of him at Carrow Road after the, that second season of loan football. Now he's ours. Now go and prove what you can do. Now Harry Winks, where he fits into that. If you're thinking that Skip does stay at loan at Norwich, then you might need Winks for another season. Again, if we're... Getting rid of Sissoko, we're probably a midfielder light somewhere along the line, so we can't sell everyone because obviously with this format, if we're twisting on loads of players, we have got to get a suitable amount of players in. So a lot of it depends on who you can actually replace. So I think as much as I would probably sell Winks myself, I still feel he'll be there next summer. But if Skip's progression goes as well as it does, and that may include some more football at Norwich, then I think Skip takes Winks' place, if that makes sense. Right. Definitely, a perfect plan, Dan. Yes, OK, we've got that now. Do you know what? I think there's so many more players to go through, it would be a disservice to race for them tonight. What we'll do, actually, the names we haven't discussed, we'll do next week. So there's plenty more to discuss. And also, we're down to one game a week, so we can breathe a bit more, because the last few shows, it's been got double bubble and two matches trying to be reviewed per pod. So what we'll do, we'll review the Newcastle game and also mop up all the other names that haven't been stuck or twisted just yet. So to finish on this show, it's prediction time because we're back in the Premier League fold at the weekend. Very simple. We go to Tyneside. Newcastle haven't won in six. I'm not even going to say it. 
he might be on he might be on call over Easter. I don't know, but James Doctor Tottenham. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> right, it's, been, it's out there now. It's been said, but in all seriousness, what, yeah. sc- what score have you got for me on Sunday? Oh god! Um, I'd love to be optimistic. Um, and do you know what? I am. I will be optimistic because surely, surely we've got the quality in this team. And you know, Newcastle have got injuries. They haven't got you know a great squad. That they're in a, a period of absolute turmoil as well. Um, it's got to be. It's got to be three-one Tottenham. I think we'll still concede because I always assume that we're going to concede at some point. Uh, but we we should have enough. Uh, you know, hopefully Sonny's going to be back. Hopefully he gets some minutes. Um, Harry's in, in absolutely amazing form at the moment, so you'd like to think that he's going to he's going to produce a couple on his own. So yeah, I'm going to stick with three one Tottenham. I like it, Carl. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be reasonably positive here because I kind of think you know obviously you could worry about how quickly do we come back from the break and can we get going again? But at the same time, I look at this Newcastle side and think that that is a side that is in real is in the real downfall at the moment. We've got a good record at Tyneside normally. So I'm going to go two nil here. I'm going to see us keep a clean sheet. I'm going to go Harry brace. And I think we come away with all points from this one. But again, it's one of those games, isn't it, where you sit there and go, this could be a real season killer because if you don't get something from that game, then the meltdown will start to begin, I think. Yeah, I mean, as I said in last week's show, every Premier League game between now and the end of the season is win or bust. And if we don't win a game, I think our top four hopes are then dead and buried. I don't see that happening this weekend. We sort of say Dr. Tottenham in jest, but I don't think he'll be on call. I think we will concede, only because that's what we do at the moment. It seems to be our MO, but we will win. I think we'll win 2-1. So that will be a welcome win if it gets over the line, which I think it will. And if it is, we'll review it next week. We'll review it anyway by hook or by crook. And also, like I say, we'll mop up the rest of the players who didn't get into our Stick or Twist show this week. So with that done, I need to do the admin, which is simple as thanking my two Pod Squad members, James, a sterling return to form this evening. Thanks for joining me once more. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having us, Dan. Cheers, mate. And Cole, thank you for running the channels this evening and wearing the captain's armband. No worries. Always a pleasure, guys. And, and look forward to the next one of this. It, it's good fun, isn't it? If, if we was in control, the club would be in chaos. <laughs> I think we'd have about six <laughs> players by, by current standards. <laughs> yeah. So we might have to work out who we're going to buy. Maybe that's a future episode. But with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And as always... Come on, you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.